um hi guys <laughs> oh we saw it now oh wow <laughs> hi guys welcome back to a new episode of women to women um where i sit with different women within the industry and kind of know their journey to success their journey to where they are now going beyond social media and getting their true raw story and today i am sitting with the amazing dj ayodele i'm saying it right yes yes DJ thank ayodele, you who is a Assassin. Thank you very much. Assassin. Say it with me. Assassin. Assassin. There you go. Basically, a skin doctor, right? Like a I'm not a doctor. I see. That's the thing. I will always um, make a distinction because okay. I think that sometimes people get a bit confused about mm-hmm. the different levels within um the skincare industry and yeah. i mean if you want to read if you want to know more about it there's a really good post on blackskindirectory.com which tells you who is who in the industry okay but basically an aesthetician we do things like chemical peels laser microneedling um traditional <coughs> facials yeah. um while as uh, a, a, a there's a doc doctors can be aesthetic doctors and okay. they do Botox and fillers and injectables. And then right at the top, you have dermatologists mm-hmm. who are um, doctors. Yes, but they are post-qualified. They have reached consultant level mm-hmm. um, and they are dermatologists and they sit right at the top and they, although they do aesthetics as well, uh, well, some of them choose to do aesthetics. Mm-hmm. They are mainly working with in, acute and chronic skin diseases as well as things like skin cancer okay so yeah so um whilst um i know a lot about skin and i can do a lot with skin mm-hmm. I, i'm not a doctor okay. at all or a nurse or anything she, like that she's not a doctor or a nurse yeah but she knows a lot about skin <laughs> and she loves skin and you're also the founder of the the black skin the directory. black skin directory that's it sorry um so yeah so kind of getting to know about you so who are you where have you come from from growing up to here what, oh, what's wow. been your journey like well to this point gosh it's been it's been varied mm-hmm. um I, I i grew up in sierra leone i was born in sierra leone i grew up in sierra leone i moved yeah. to london like a lot of west africans i moved to london when i was about 10 okay um so i went to secondary school in london mm-hmm. um i went to uni um what uni did you go to i went to university of west of england in okay. bristol and i um i guess I have always been interested in beauty and grooming. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was younger, Saturdays were always about going to a salon with my mom. Yeah. And my mom was really, really glamorous. Yeah. And I've always been interested in beauty and grooming. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I went to uni. I left uni when what I did finished. You study? I did international business and French. Okay. Um, but then I dropped the French. Um, and then I ended up with a business admin degree for some reason. <laughs> but anyway, that's another story. I, I think it speaks to the fact that I really didn't know what I wanted to do as such, mm-hmm. but it was impressed on me as, as an African, mm-hmm. you know, that I will, I, I will go to university. So I did. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I left university. I went to human resource management. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when I was at uni, I remember wanting to quit university um, I wasn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do really. Um, what made you stay in uni? What made you stay? Because in- my just... tutors gave me the option of going part-time. Okay. So I got a job instead uh-huh. and I started working in human resource management mm-hmm. and I could go to uni in the evening and it kind of just felt a bit more with me. It just felt, for me, that felt more like me. I was a bit sort of, I wasn't sold on the university experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, the greatest thing about uni is meeting my husband. Yeah. So, oh. um, 
so yeah, I went part time and I worked in human resources. And because I worked in human resources, it was kind of well, if you finish your degree, yes, you got a really good degree, you got a two one. Mm. What are you going to do? Well, just do your masters, do your masters mm. in human resource management. And it was all sort of yep, 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 yep. I'm yeah. bored. Um, anyway, I did quit um, halfway through the human resource management. I just ended up with a postgrad certificate instead because okay. I just could not. I, I just I was I was just look around the class and go oh my god I'm so bored yeah um so at that time I'd already started doing lots of courses in beauty because okay. I was interested in grooming and I, I used to have this dilemma about do I want to be the person who's being groomed or do I want to be the groomer mm-hmm. and I used to fall that I wanted to be the groomer even though it was almost like oh you want to be a beautician or yeah. something like that so I was like yeah actually I do yeah so um. Anyway, by the time I moved back to London from Bristol, I then went to work in investment banking. So I went to, I went to the biggest banks, biggest, biggest banks. um, And then I was, again, I didn't like it. Mm. I I remember in the summer of the recession, Mm -hmm. handing in my notice saying, I I just don't like it. Even my boss, I remember my boss, Mm -hmm. my boss was just like, you do not want to be here. You do great work, yeah, but you you do not like it. Mm. You do not want to be here. Um, I ended up doing my boss's makeup at her wedding I because can't. she was just like, "I know you want to work in beauty, yeah. fashion, or whatever. Um, you do not want to be here." So I I suggest you resign. So I was like, "Well, you know." At the time, it's like your boss is asking you to resign, yeah, it, and it's like that's crazy. But she liked me. Yeah. She didn't want me to be unhappy. So um, was you conflicted at that point, or was you sure that? this is definitely the route that I want to go into. I was conflicted in terms of, I know I don't want to be here. No, yes. I was sure that I don't want to be here, yeah. but I was conflicted in that, well, I want to work in beauty. I want to work, but I don't know what I want to do. Yes. But uh, my sister's um, friend at the time was a, is still a massive makeup artist, mm-hmm. one, a really big makeup artist. And he was going to New York to work in New York Fashion Week. And so I obviously begged my sister, beg him. I must go with him. I'll pay my own ticket. I'll do this. I'll do that. Um, so obviously my sister did. And I went to New York Fashion Week with him. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. I did lots of makeup. So because at this time I'd done so many courses. I was I was a qualified nail technician. I was a qualified makeup artist. Yeah. So at this point, I knew that I was liking it enough to do lots of more education in it. Uh-huh. So I went to New York, came back, and then I came back, I was like, I want to work in skin. Mm. And then I decided that I would go and um get a qualification. Mm-hmm. So starting off with a MVQ in beauty therapy at London College of um London College of Beauty Therapy. Mm-hmm. So I did that. Um so at this point I knew I was going in the direction I wanted to go, but I still didn't really know I wanted to work in skin until yeah. obviously we started doing lots of the skin modules at college uh-huh. and um, like I wasn't interested in waxing. I was like, Mm-mm, I don't want to wax anyone's hoof. You can keep your hoof to yourself. I do not want to do anyone's pedicure. You can keep your cheesy feet. Nor your fingers. I don't, but I will do your skin. Yes. So, and that's how I ended up in skin. Mm-hmm. That's how I ended up doing extra courses and advanced courses and going on lots of product training. Mm-hmm. So you do your course at college. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do further training. So mm-hmm. I did further training and I still do further training. Um, and then you also go on product training. So yeah. you, when you decide what product brand you want to use, you go on their training too. Mm-hmm. And it all sort of enhances everything you've learned at school. Yeah. So, I mean, I still do that to this day because it's crucial to my role. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so 
it was, I'd say it was only really maybe in the last five years plus, more than that maybe, Mm -hmm. that I've really just slowly focused on skin. Mm -hmm. And although I'm a qualified therapist in many ways, Mm -hmm. I will only do skin. I will not do anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So like moving, so you said something, no, my first question to you that I wanted to ask, what does womanhood mean to you? And what does it look like? Wow. I mean, womanhood, that's such a great question because I think it means so much Mm -hmm. to so many different people. But for me, I think it means, it strikes me of being in in service. Yeah. In service to yourself, being your best self, Mm -hmm. your most authentic self your most transparent self to yourself so Mm -hmm. so in service to yourself so that you can be of service to others whether it be to other women whether it be to your community whether it be to your family Mm -hmm. or to your to your children um to your work but it for me it's it's about being being of benefit not only to the life that you want to lead Mm -hmm. for yourself but to other people as well Mm -hmm. um and being being supportive, um, being there for other women, mm-hmm. being there for men, because at the end of the day, you've got to be there for men so they can we can support each other. Yeah. So it, it and it means I think it also means different things at different points in your life. Okay. Um at, at some point, like now, um, I juggle obviously a lot with child mm-hmm. childcare, being a mom being and a wife. being a wife and working. And then there's sometimes where I I'm solely all about work and sometimes mm-hmm. i'm about supporting other people yeah where you're just in the background you're just like a supporting pillar you're yeah. just you're just pushing other people forward mm-hmm. so i think it it changes all the time mm-hmm. but generally being that person who is putting out a positive mindset and encouraging others mm-hmm. is very important to mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. um and there's this trick i do where because like any human, you feel emotions and sometimes you can feel negative emotions. And when I feel negative emotions, even if it's towards, say, another woman, for example, maybe they've got something or they've achieved something that yeah. I want to achieve or maybe they're doing something that I want to do. I flip that negative emotion to something really positive mm-hmm. and celebrate them yeah. and, you know, just really speak into their lives yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Because I think... I think it's important to acknowledge negative emotions. Yes, definitely. Otherwise, you just stew. Um, it's important to acknowledge them, but also to use them as a as a fuel yeah. for something good. To exactly. Come out of it. And it's um, so it's so great because no one will ever admit to having negative. Oh, emotions. I'm a Leo. I am the most jealous person you can come across. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I will be like, why am I not doing that? Mm. Then I'll check myself. What are they? What have they done that makes them deserve exactly. that? And usually, I get to my answer. Well, they pulled their finger out. They did this. They did yeah. that. So, um, and we can't all glow up at the same time. Yeah. We sometimes some people need to take a back seat and then um, push other people mm-hmm. forward. Which is why when I feel negative emotion like jealousy, mm-hmm. I'm like I'm the kind of person where if my cousin's hanging out with my mom too much, I'm like, hey, <laughs> like that's my mom. Relax. Even though I'm like in my thirties, uh, uh, calm down. You have been with my mom once many times now, and I have not been present. So, um, I feel 
I think I think it'll be it'll be a lie for someone they don't feel negative emotions. Mm. So when I whenever I feel like that, I will try and harness. As long as I realize I'm being like, and I have a lot of people around yeah. who sense check me. Yeah. Um, once I realize I'm being like that, I am all about then converting that into mm-hmm. something much more positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like I say, celebrating that person and celebrating their achievement mm-hmm. because. They probably they deserved it. They worked hard for yeah. it. And who am I to be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you don't deserve. Um, what's my opinion got to do with anything? Yeah. So, um, I think it's brave, obviously, to admit you have negative Definitely. emotions, but I think it's it's real and it's true. Exactly. So, when did womanhood for you become something that you you became not became one with, but you realized I'm a woman and this is how I was it like your mom always said to you, you you know African moms they like to reiterate to your position as as a girl and a woman but for you when was the moment where you felt Um, woman like if that makes sense I guess I guess when I had my daughter Mm -hmm. um I was very much conscious Mm -hmm. um and I always say people will treat you the way you allow them to treat you. Mm-hmm. And when I had my daughter, I was very conscious that I wanted to impress on her mm-hmm. through, not necessarily through, not verb, not necessarily verbally, but through my actions, how to hold herself up, how to defend herself, mm-hmm. how to, um, how to represent herself. And I guess that's when I started being more conscious of what I was doing and what I was saying. And as a, as a woman, like for example, bringing her here with me today she she knows the value of work she knows that it's a saturday Mm -hmm. and mommy's working so she knows that and so for me it was when i had my daughter i've got got nieces now Mm -hmm. as well and i'm always impressing on them that you can do whatever it is you want to do um so long as you are obviously respectful to yourself Mm -hmm. respectful to others um and you are true to yourself Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, I guess, well, my daughter's nearly six, I guess mm-hmm. maybe about six years ago, it impressed on me, yes. but all my life I've been surrounded by strong female, mm-hmm. anyway, from my grandmother down to my mom and her sister, my sisters, mm-hmm. they are like, if, if something's going down in the family, it's, I guarantee you it's led by women. Yeah. It is led by my sister <laughs> and then it's got my other sister behind her and then there's usually me in the background. Yeah. So I guarantee you that, you know, so I've seen them embrace their lives mm-hmm. and embrace their families and their husbands and children mm-hmm. and all sorts of drama. Like my family's a circus. Yeah. <laughs> um, literally, it's a circus. I really um, And we've always been strong. Yes. You know, we fight, obviously, oh. but it's um, come for one. Mm-hmm. All of us come for you, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So even if there's a fight going on, we like we like park the fight, <laughs> park the fight, Literally. deal with this person. I like back that. to fighting. I like so, that. That's a real unit. That's a <laughs> yeah, real unit. like like my mum and her sister could be having an argument. Maybe then someone dies. Yeah. Like they all mourn together. Mm-hmm. Soon as that morning's over, my mum and sister, right? Where's that argument we're having? back up back up let's go back to that <laughs> argument so like you know we but but that's strong strong females yes um and i've always been surrounded by that yeah. so i had that unconscious level of womanhood mm. but then when i had my own daughter i was like right um i am now responsible for mm-hmm. how she goes out in the world and yeah how she experiences the world at least yeah. while she's under my care anyway how she experiences the yeah. world so i've got to represent for her mm-hmm. yeah i love that so being a mum 
having your own business and venturing into the world that you have decided to venture in what's been like what's it been like what's what's wow. what's what's a... um, i'm quite lucky mm-hmm. i'm very lucky because um at the time that i have decided to sort of do what i do yeah um I've always been working. I've worked silently in the background for many, many years. People see you and they think they think you just arrived. It's like yes. no, actually, I have been here since two thousand six, seven, eight. Mm. You know, so I've worked silently in the background for a lot of years. And yeah. so by the time I've had my daughter and had my son, I had put enough into the bank, so mm-hmm. to speak, mm-hmm. not financial bank, but into the bank of people and favors and all that sort of stuff. So it's not being difficult in terms of, I can arrange my own schedule. I'm not on anyone's schedule. I work on a Sunday. So again, luckily I've got my husband, he can look after the children mm-hmm. on a Sunday. They do their own thing when I go to work. So I've been quite fortunate and I know that I'm quite lucky to have an arrangement where mm-hmm. it's almost like, I'll never say if I don't want to, if I don't want to do something, I won't do it mm-hmm. because I will always do, unless it really clashes with my children mm-hmm. or my husband, then, then it won't get done. But mm-hmm. I will always do the things that I'm asked to do yeah. or, or requested of me. So I've been, it's, sometimes it is hard. Sometimes I do have to say, no, I can't do that. Yeah. But I find that, most people are flexible and mm-hmm. I find if I just say, oh, you, can we do it another time? Can mm-hmm. we do this? Can we, can, can we have a phone call instead of a face-to-face yeah. or something like that? I find that um, there's always a way around things um, and, you know, you make it work. Mm-hmm. And what doesn't work this month in a few months' time will work. What is for you Definitely. will never pass you by. Whether it's today, tomorrow, two years' time, it will never pass you by. It will mm-hmm. always come to you. Mm-hmm. So I'm securing that knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, sometimes it is difficult though. Yeah. It is. There's things you really want to do. Like, there's this like uh, American girl that I love, Miley Teal, and she does these amazing podcasts. Mm-hmm. And she does this thing. Um, she started doing this thing where people go, she gets a group of women and they go to Mexico. Um, and it's like a really empowering session yeah. where you get to share yourself and you, you can you can share yourself into someone else's life, give them insights. And likewise, other people can do the same to you. Yeah. And you can really, um, you can really build other people. And mm-hmm. likewise, they're building you all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I'd love to go. Absolutely love to go. But my, I've got two kids, two kids at the moment. Yeah. So who are quite young, mm-hmm. or especially my son. But obviously, I'm like next year. <laughs> <laughs> so, there, so there are things I'd love to do that yeah. I can't do. And I just have to bide my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, but when, 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 when an opportunity comes and you're like, I can't do it now, how do you dwell on it? Or do you, how do you like bounce back from it? How is it, how is <laughs> yeah, it like, it. um, like not oh, for long, yeah, not for long. If I really like, if I really want to do it mm-hmm. and I will speak to my husband mm-hmm. and if there's, if there's no chance as in no chance. I put it away. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I don't, do, I, you know, it does cross my mind. Oh my God, that would be great. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I see myself there. I, you know, I see me on the beach, yeah. you know, yeah. and obviously you've seen the pictures on social media, the dinner, yeah. the this, the yeah. party. I'm like, oh my God. I and mean, you're even dancing in your head. I'm like, yeah, I was doing that move. I was doing this move. Um, You know, you, I visualize it. I tell myself, 
it will come mm. relax another opportunity will come it will be even better than mm-hmm. that and yeah but no i don't i don't really dwell i'm not really a dwelling person once i've made a decision yeah i and that, that's it i'm i'm it's not possible it's not possible yes. we move on mm-hmm. so you spoke about coming into london from Sierra Leone at 10 mm. Um, and you, when in Sierra Leone, your mom used to be very glamorous, very... She still is. Still, still very is. much still is. very glamorous. Love that. Coming into London and assimilating to that, the Western world, did you find beauty had changed or the convention of beauty of what you knew before prior to being in England? Obviously, in, in, in Sierra Leone, it was very much, which it still is, and I love it, is very much the sort of like African beauty. Yes. Um, you know, pure black skin, um, braids, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the sort of traditional styles you might think, wow, that's like a real traditional hairstyle, yeah. like threading that's and all thread that, I was just about to say. but, <laughs> and, and that, that's what was, that's what is celebrated as beauty, natural yes. beauty. Yeah. So obviously England is a melting pot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was young enough to just assimilate anyway. Yeah. I came, I started school, young enough to assimilate. And mm-hmm. so for me, there's not been any. I suppose maybe you can say now that I'm a bit older, it's made me appreciate like African cultural beauty mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. in a way. So I love, obviously I love hairstyles. Mm-hmm. I love, I, I, I love like, oh, say I really like dark skin, yeah. really chocolatey dark yeah. skin. So I suppose maybe, yeah, I, I, I appreciate core, pure, unfiltered mm. African beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, but likewise, you know, I'm down with the times yeah. as well. <laughs> so, and, and beauty changes and perceptions of beauty yeah. change and means so much. I mean, part of my work is really about speaking to the beauty industry and skincare industry. The perceptions of beauty are different wherever you go. Yeah. For example, in the skincare industry, um, there's what's called the golden ratio, which is the proportion of your facial features. Okay. Um, and Angelina Jolie or people like um, Elizabeth Hurley, mm-hmm. they're always held up as the perfect standard ratio of, mm. standard. And I was saying, I'm always saying to practitioners, no, not really, because it's unethical for you to suggest to a black woman that that is the standard of beauty yeah. she should be aiming for. Yeah. When there's so many other beautiful women that, you know, black women look up to or mm-hmm. think are beautiful. So simple things like making sure when you're talking to, you know, a client in the consultation, don't, and you wanted to say fillers or Botox, for example, don't pull out a picture of Annie and Jolie and say, you know, this is a perfect proportion. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps pull out a picture of Halle Berry, for example. Yeah. Just pull out a picture of someone who they can relate to. Yeah. So... <clears throat> standards of beauty and perceptions of beauty change Mm -hmm. and it's it's up to individuals to realize that it means a different thing for each person Mm. you know i think angelina jolie's beautiful but i don't think she's not my ideal beauty yeah she's she's not who i'd want to look like um but if you um said i don't know classic let's say I mean, everyone is, I love Beyonce. Yeah. Beyonce, <laughs> for example, I might be like, yeah, I can, I can relate to that can... a bit more because I'm a bit curvy. Yeah, yeah I can relate. You know, it's about relating. Mm-hmm. I, I can't relate to Angelina Jolie mm-hmm. in terms of she's straight cut. Yeah. I'm not. I'm a, I'm a black woman who's mm-hmm. curvy. I'm so mm-hmm. I'm more likely to relate to someone like Beyonce mm-hmm. or, or Gabrielle Union yeah. or, you know what I mean? Oops, yeah. sorry. It's okay. Jeez. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, this, I suppose it's just one of the ethical sides of mm. the industry that, 
um, I'm always sort of harping on about. Mm. What's the most enjoyable thing about skin? What What drew you to skin more than pedicures and waxing people's fuhas and what was it about skin that um, you felt like it's, i think for me it's the fact that skin is always one of the most abused organs okay it's, it's your largest organ yeah. and people don't see it like when people you say bodily organs people go heart lungs liver mm-hmm. skin actually it's your first organ of defense mm-hmm. um it stops parasites and germs and getting into your body it stops you from when you go swimming it stops mm. you from sinking from your body filling up water so i think i'm fascinated by that and i'm fascinated by the difference that people's perceptions of what good skin is or what healthy mm. skin is can mean to their confidence mm. um so for me it's working and i and you get to work with people on a longer term basis than mm. say someone coming in i don't know to get their pedicure or whatever it's a more loyal side of the industry because once people trust you and believe in you then they they stick with you yeah while it's i can jump anywhere and go for a pedicure Mm -hmm. you know obviously i had i do have someone i go to but if she wasn't around i'd be like well who's next um so i guess for me that's what it is it's it, it gives you a chance of form a long lasting relationship and there's people who i know and people who have worked on who will say even though maybe we don't i don't see them regularly anymore because whatever concern they have has been sorted Mm -hmm. they will always say oh my gosh when i used to see you two years ago you made such a big difference in my life i'm singing your praises all the time so it you know it gives you a chance to be to really help someone Mm -hmm. and improve their confidence Mm -hmm. because some people's unless you have skin problems Mm -hmm that bother you it's one thing having skin problems but it's another thing if they bother you you will kind of never know how important it is to some people yeah 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 so what's one of the biggest misconceptions that you've heard people say about skin or people do to this oh gosh there's so many give me like your your top three that you've heard and you've been like huh okay all right (laughs) um black people don't get skin cancer false we do um, a black person is actually more likely to die from skin cancer than a white person mm-hmm. because black people don't check their skin yeah. because black people think they can't get skin cancer. Mm-hmm. Black people don't wear sunscreen. Um, so yeah, there's a whole, um, whole host of things that come from that misconception mm-hmm. of our, of black skin's relationship with skin cancer that mm. because you're black, you have melanin. Melanin white helps. people have melanin too actually Ooh. um white people and black people have the same amount of melanin cells in their body it's just that in black skin mm-hmm. mel- the melanin cells are more active that's all okay. but white people have melanin too hence why they tan when they go in the sun tan tanning is actually a defense mechanism of the skin to protect its skin cells uh, to protect the skin cells so when you go in the sun your skin produces more melanin to protect you from burning God, that's it. how it works so i'm learning today so that's a massive misconception mm-hmm. um black people do get skin cancer and as i say are more likely to die from skin cancer mm. um than a white person simply because by the time a black person gets to the doctor saying oh this looks suspicious like how long you've had it usually it's about 4.8 years before a black person goes to the doctor mm. about something on their skin mm-hmm. usually at that point by that time usually 
it has the, the skin cancer has morphed and what they call metastasized mm-hmm. it's gone into your bones mm-hmm. or it's more fatal at that okay. point basically um the old sort of um you know black don't crack yes yeah. it does i've seen it <laughs> it does indeed um you know things like hyperpigmentation yes it's a form of skin aging yeah so just because okay. just because you might not get lines and wrinkles as early as a white person does because mm-hmm. There's more collagen and the thicker layers in black skin, or mm-hmm. you know, you still age. Um, right. So hyperpigmentation, age spots, all those are signs of aging. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, black does crack. Um, okay. Things like um, hydroquinone is bad for you. You know, it's got a bad rep mm-hmm. because people obviously use it for skin bleaching, buying it on the counter, and all sorts of preparations. Hydroquinone is one of the safest ingredients you can use on your skin. Okay. It's actually one of the few ingredients for sort of evening out your skin tone um, that has FDA approval. FDA, mm-hmm. as in the American Board of um, Dermatology or some sort of, you know, it, it's like saying NHS approved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it. and it's actually a really safe ingredient when used as prescribed by a doctor. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to use it as Auntie Jumoke has told you <laughs> and sold to you, um, from the back of her suitcase, then you are going to get problems. Yeah. So, or, you know, if you're going to use it while it's been mixed with Egyptian lightning lotion mm-hmm. or whatever it is mm-hmm. you're buying to bleach your skin, then you are going to run into problems. Mm-hmm. So there's so many misconceptions, things like, you know, um, laser's bad for you or laser will scar your skin. Or laser doesn't really work on black people. I've heard that before. It does work on black people. It depends what type of laser you're using. Okay. So not all lasers will work on dark skin because lasers target dark on light mm-hmm. which is why you sometimes traditionally say you need light skin to be able to have laser treatment no but there's the nd yag laser which works perfectly fine on black skin mm-hmm. i've had it used on me loads of times mm-hmm. um it works perfectly fine and there's loads of, there's the pico laser pico 4 laser as well yeah. which works on black skin so it depends which is another reason why black skin actually was created because it provides the right information to the black community about mm-hmm. what works and what doesn't work because there's so many myths and there's so many treatments that black people or, uh, have, have ruled themselves out of yes. without having the proper facts. Yeah. They just, just rule themselves. Oh, no, 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 black thing can't have laser. Yeah. But yes, you can. Black thing can't have chemical peels. Yes, you can. Mm. You can't have microneedling. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. You can't use hydroquinone. Yes, you can. There's, it just depends on whether you've gone to someone who is experienced professional Mm -hmm. knows what they're doing or you've just gone to you know some cowboy salon yeah um so that is the ethos and essence of black skin Mm narrative is providing the um, skin of color community with the correct factual information that was basically my next question but you answered it already (laughs) sorry when did you when did you create it when did you when did it so um black skin narrative is a year old this month so february 2000 thank you (laughs) february 2000 and 17 uh-huh. 18, 18 it launched mm-hmm. the idea came into conception in may 2017 okay so sort of about maybe eight nine months before it launched is when i had the idea mm-hmm. um and yeah i mean we haven't really celebrated our first year because yeah. there's just still still so much work to do i'm not in the celebratory mood i'm mm-hmm. not i'm just like there's so much work to do yeah. i cannot be celebrating maybe we'll celebrate next year yeah. or whatever right now we're like on a mission um so what was the vision for the brand what was when you when you thought of this idea what was the vision was a platform where people with skin of color 
can find practitioners. Yeah. So I eat like a yellow pages sort of listing. You can yeah. go on and say, you know, I've, got, I've got acne. I want to find someone in, I don't know, London. So, yeah. so I can go and visit and get a consultation or something. So to have a platform where people with skin of color can connect with practitioners, mm-hmm. connect with education and information about what we just spoke about, about the right information. Yeah. And also connect with um, brands, with brands that have, products with ingredients mm-hmm. that are super beneficial for yeah. black skin and for darker skin tones so that was a vision um it was a very simple vision it's actually grown mm-hmm. um because people don't realize it's actually it's only a year old and people want us to do so much and yeah. expect us to do so much yeah. um but it actually, it's actually grown obviously we do events so we do offline events where people can meet with brands and practitioners mm-hmm. um really fun sort of things like we have an event on the 20th of march yeah um with a clinic um in london called the guild clinic um and it's the skin speed dating event so it's really when it's is really, that? really cool so on the 20th of march um all the details are oh, no. on our instagram or is on our website as well <clears throat> um but again, it's for people to, for, for women of color to meet with, or even men of color to mm-hmm. meet with practitioners and brands. Because one of the things we found in our research was accessibility, women of color, people of color find it difficult to access mm-hmm. brands and practitioners. Definitely. Um, so part of our, and also the expense of it, sometimes it's very expensive that like you can go for a consultation with a dermatologist, a private dermatologist can be 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice way to meet with someone and get some quick advice yeah you've paid what 10 20 pounds for a ticket but you're you've saved yourself 380 pounds yeah exactly so it's a nice way of doing things and it's just nice to meet and have a bit of community feeling as well Mm -hmm. um so we always do it somewhere super amazing elevate elevate at all times um so yeah super amazing super super great service Mm -hmm. just just to show the other side that you know we are up here yeah. on new levels. Yes, yes. Um so yeah. What was the where do you want to take it? Where do you where do you see the black skin directory like going? Oh wow. Yeah. I mean there's so many things that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um again it's about pacing ourselves and making sure we do things at the right time. Definitely. But we definitely would like like say for example this year. Yeah. Um we are last year we did a pop-up shop a pop-up shop on the website yeah and it was amazing everyone loved it It was we were doing hyperpigmentation products and everyone loved it so we really want to repeat something like that again um because it's cutting through the noise for black women and letting them know these are the right products for you Mm. you don't even have to go and think about it Mm. or you know so we'd love to do that um at some point would love to perhaps do something like a skincare box mm-hmm. um would love to have it on an app yeah you know? so there's a lot of things we'd like to do um that we're pacing ourselves about but for the current time we're mainly focused on bringing people together in offline events got it um and making sure we're bedding down the right information yeah. for um skin of color people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so do you think with with the way that black the black skin directory is shaping, do you think the door open up for more products? Because I feel like a lot of the products that are on shelves, I never know whether it'll work for me. Do you feel like there needs to be a distinction between what product black women can use and can't use, or are most products? 
Most products are universal. Okay. It's about looking for certain ingredients. So if mm-hmm. you know what your if so if you know what sort of skin concerns you have, like like a lot of black women, hyperpigmentation is a massive concern. Massive. So it's knowing about what kind of ingredients work for hyperpigmentation. Mm-hmm. So say for example, off the top of my head, niacinamide, which is B five, mm-hmm. vitamin B five is a brightener, so it works on hyperpigmentation. It also works on how the cells in your skin transfer melanin. Yeah. So it helps to regulate that. So um you're looking for so you're looking for niacinamide, you're looking for licorice extract, mm-hmm. which is another great ingredient. Hydroquinone is another great ingredient for hyperpigmentation. Um bearberry, yeah, kojic acid, bacuchoil is another great ingredient. So there's lots of great ingredients, which mm-hmm. we, this is a massive section we covered last year on Black Skin Directory. So yeah. it's all on the website. Um so out. so if you know what you're looking for, you can pick products out better. Yeah. So it's not to say that's a white skin product yeah. or that's a black skin product. No. Mm-hmm. It's more about how does that product work for you? But brands brands in the beauty industry have to take a lot of flack for that because um, there's this thing called symbolic annihilation, which mm-hmm. I talk about a lot, where it's like, if you don't see yourself represented in something, you don't see an image of yourself in something, exactly. instantly you, you kind of sign out. You think, oh, well, that's not for me. I'm, I, you, you don't see an image of a black woman using the product. You just think, well, it's not for me. Yeah. Um, and so brands have to take a lot of flack for that because yeah. not all of them provide diverse imagery so you don't know so that's exactly what you say you you're in the shop you see a massive poster for a white woman smiling using the product and you're like oh okay i'll just walk on by is <laughs> so for me yeah so i have to say through black skin directory brands are taking more notice yeah we are noticing more diverse imagery yeah. coming through i mean it will filter and it will take a while but we are noticing more diverse imagery coming through especially as brands realize that um women of color are actually bigger spenders on beauty and skincare than oh, yeah. caucasian women um so therefore they're trying to be more representative it's just about how authentically they can do it yes. because okay the bottom line is you want our money yeah we know that yeah. but you're more likely to give someone give your money to someone who you feel relatable to mm-hmm. than not. Mm. So brands have to work out how to do it. And it's not just sort of like putting a, a picture of a black woman on with it. With an Afro one. Yeah, just, it's like, not just yeah. about that. It's about their outreach. It's yeah. about long-term, um, long-term things. It's also about sort of going back up the tree and yeah. seeing... How many black people have you got in your offices? How many black people are helping you make these decisions? Yeah. Or are you just looking at it and go, ching, 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 this report has just said that black women spend more than white women. So quick, put a picture of a black woman on yeah. it. Let's see what happens. No, it's about filtering right up to the top and mm-hmm. back down again mm-hmm. and being authentic. And that takes time. Uh, at least there's a catalyst and... Yeah, so I mean, there's lots of catalysts. There's lots of things that are making it happen, Mm. um, and and shining the spotlight on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like the fact that Black Skin Direct she won an award last year at the Aesthetic Journal Awards, less than a year after we launched, just goes to show that the industry actually does take it seriously. Um, and we'll be pushing forward. Yeah. Um, like I'm on the advisory board for the British Beauty Council, um, which is an amazing school of like amazing women all at the top of the game in the beauty industry mm-hmm. um and that again is to help propel the diversity mm-hmm. and inclusivity and actually when you say do you have black people behind the scenes yeah it all feeds into that as yeah. well so yeah. um it takes time yeah some of our people are impatient they want it like yesterday like, like but it takes time and yeah. it's coming yeah. yeah um do you think um 
you going into the industry when you first started and now mm. do you feel like beauty and the beauty standard has changed and if it has do you feel like it's for the better or for the worst or what's your what's your thinking because looking at like social media beauty standards change all the time though yes Mm. but i think in recent years like even me as a 23 year old and i'm looking at the standard of beauty that i'm seeing all around sometimes i feel like i can't measure up to that because a certain type of beauty is being you know pushed at the forefront so you coming in firstly in the industry however many years ago and now do you feel like it has how has it changed and has it changed for the better and where do you see it going to okay like, i mean beauty question sorry that's fine, <laughs> fine. I'm, I'm gonna unpack it bit okay. by bit beauty standards change all the time yeah. and i think that's fine in the say in the 1960s and 70s it was all about having afros mm-hmm. and like black power kind of beauty movement, yeah. strong looks um and then we moved to the 90s where we had like you know brown lip liner mm-hmm. and all. so beauty standards change all the time and i think that's fine um and i think that that's what makes the world interesting yeah um do i and i think it's good yes um in regards to sort of you thinking that a certain type of image yeah. is is sort of pushed as this is the mm-hmm. ultimate i think that i i don't think that's good because yeah. i think that for people who are not very secure in themselves mm-hmm. i think that plays a lot with people's mental health yeah um so i don't think that aspect is good which is why i think it's important and amazing that you have movements like black girls rock mm-hmm. um black lives matter even mm-hmm. that's much more of a more political movement but black girl, black girl magic i think is amazing that those sort of movements exist to reinforce mm-hmm. that actually there are many different standards of beauty, even like girls in hijabs, mm-hmm. you know, there's many different standards of beauty. Um, and I think if someone, if someone's got obviously weak mental health, mm-hmm. they're going to succumb to these yeah. imagery issues. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes people need to work through that themselves. Yeah. You know, I think, I think when I think like when I was 23, I probably wasn't all that, I wasn't that all that secure. So, um, yes, there's certain things ideal if you think, oh, that's how I should be. That's yeah. how I should be. Yeah. And now I'm like, this is how I am. <laughs> and Ooh. that's all there is about it. Yeah. So um, I love the fact that beauty changes yeah. and ideals change mm-hmm. all the time. Um, but, and I think that it will continue to do that yeah. because that's just life. People have to evolve to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the nature of life. Um, but I think that we do have to do a lot more work in ensuring that a variety of different beauty standards are are set so that so that people everyone has something that is for them, yeah, rather than just the one look, yeah. Because I don't think that I mean that's not going to work for the majority of the world, no, at all, exactly. At all, you. Um, it's interesting you speaking about mental health. I wanted to ask, do you feel like skin and mental health? you working with the clients that you've worked with do you feel like it it has a absolutely and how so absolutely yeah. i mean if like you are a disciple of beyonce it's like you're flawless yeah you woke up like this <laughs> then and you know waking up and feeling like you've got marks and yeah. scarring and all that over your face it can yes does bring mm. people down absolutely 
very much so mm. you know it's it's what you present to the world your face is what you present to the world your face is the first thing that people interact with when mm-hmm. they see you mm-hmm. so yes there is a massive link between skin mm-hmm. skin health um and mental health mm. that's just mm. a given you know so um obviously i see a lot of women of color who come and see me and um we do we we do talk about you know yeah. how does it make you feel mm-hmm. um some some people can be quite can be quite down mm-hmm. um and it's my job to to um to help them regain that confidence yeah. back yeah what's that one advice that you can give to skin someone is, that is skin is always changing yeah. and it could be that you're going through just a particularly tough period in your life mm-hmm. and that's coming through and affecting your skin hormonally perhaps um but skin is always changing but the one i suppose i'll I, that's a given i'll always say skin is changing but engaging the services of a qualified aesthetician mm. or dermatologist mm-hmm. is one of the best things you can do especially yeah. if you have skincare concerns yeah i get it if you don't and you're like yep yeah, i'm flawless fine mm-hmm. carry on crack on but if you have skincare concerns Move off social media. Do not follow people who say do this, do that. Just go and consult a qualified person mm-hmm. um, to get some advice, some products, some treatments. Yeah. Um, and know that it didn't... The point at which you see a problem of your skin is not the day the problem started. Yeah. It's... It could... That could have been maybe three months before. Mm-hmm. So just... Same way, the day you go and see a an aesthetician or a dermatologist, it's not the day your skincare concern is going to be solved. Mm-hmm. It could be three, six, nine, twelve months later. Yeah. The point is, go and see someone. Mm-hmm. You know, they say a problem shared is problem halved. Mm-hmm. If you go and see someone, at least you know that you're on your way to, to getting a solution, and that can bring massive peace of mind mm-hmm. to someone who's. Because you walk out going, you know, at least I have a plan now. Yes. Before you didn't have a clue. You're like, at least I know, at least I know what's going on. At least I have a plan. Yeah. And we'll take it from there. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing you can do. That improves your mental health straight yeah. away. So I'm going to go to the last few questions. Sure. How? No. So the imp- I just wanted to ask you the importance of kind of having a good business acumen. And you said over the years you've racked up. Uh, enough brownie points en- enough brownie points <laughs> and you're not talking money you're talking people you're talking connections yeah how important is that venturing into a business and how have you kind of made it work for you okay. and for someone that wants to start a business what kind of advice do you have to give to okay. them sure i mean i'd say racking up people points yes it's more important I'm not saying money is not important in yeah. setting up a business or, or having a business. Yeah. Money is very important. Hey, that's why we're all here. Everyone's yeah. trying to like secure. <laughs> what do people call it now? They secure the bag. Securing the Everyone's bag. Everyone's trying to secure the bag. Ching, yep. ching, ching. <laughs> in my day, we just said ching, ching, ching. <laughs> so um, that's very important. But business is about people and people buy into you. Mm-hmm. They buy into your spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, it's what you what is how enthusiastic you are about your business yeah um that's what people are going to buy into so that's very important yeah um it's also important to to know what point of difference your product or service offers okay 
um, if you are offering what everybody else is offering, then you going to have to find try and find a way of differentiating yourself mm-hmm. whether that be with your aftercare service that you provide like with me i'm always like when people come and see me in clinic i piece some people come and see me and, and i'm talking and they're like oh well, let me just make some notes i'm like oh, don't worry i'm gonna send you an email yeah you're gonna have everything we discuss is gonna go on email to you yeah. so people can just relax then so that's like a point of difference to me because you can go and see anyone for consultation mm-hmm. um and they can just give you a slip of paper and say you know yeah get this get that it's not like that in my clinic yeah so um so having a point of difference is very important mm-hmm. um do i think you asked me what else do i think it's imp- important what did i hold on because i was just listening to what you were saying and business yeah, okay i mean notes business acumen yeah to have like so what kind of good business acumen have you racked up over the years and what can you tell to someone that wants to start a business that wants to oh like so much i mean some of the key pieces of advice i'd give everybody yeah is network Hmm. even even if you don't know what you want to do but you kind of have a general idea that this is the area i want to go in network explore Mm -hmm. um when you meet people be interested in them do not shove your business card in someone's hand Mm -hmm. and just be like, hey, this is me. I can do this and I can do that for you. No, be interested in them. What do they do? How can you help them? Again, how can you be of service to them? Because in years to come, that might switch. And even if it doesn't switch with that person, that particular person, they could recommend you to someone else. So always be about maintaining the highest level of integrity, Mm -hmm. doing Oh my God, doing what you say you're going to do. Like, I can be sick, but I'm like, no, I said I was going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, Being a person of your word, mm-hmm. um, approaching people, right? Don't, hey girl, anybody. Like, okay. You don't know me. Yeah. Why are you hey girling me? <laughs> like, even my friends don't hey girl me. So, yeah. like, who are you? Don't be entitled. Oh my gosh. Dude, those are the sort of emails that don't get answered. Yeah. DMs that don't get answered. Yeah. When people send me a message, yeah, I need to know this and I need to do that. I'm like, uh, come on, good morning. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like, hey, how are you, DJ? Mm-hmm. In this day and age, you can find anyone's name. Yeah. So if you hey girl or you like, hi, madam. Mm-mm. Hi. I'm like, mm, no, we're not going there. <laughs> um, <laughs> value education. Okay. Ego, low. Yeah. I'd recommend the book Ego is the Enemy by Ryan Holiday mm-hmm. to everybody. Be a constant apprentice. Like, say for example, this morning, I was studying. There's a picture of me on Instagram right now. Mm-hmm. I had headphones on. I was studying. Mm-hmm. Always be an apprentice. Mm-hmm. I'm always studying. Always look to learn more. Always do more. I cannot stress this enough. Even like my five-year-old knows this. Do more than you are asked. Mm-hmm. Don't just be like, well, they asked me to do one, two, three. Mm-mm. Put four in. Mm-hmm. Four, five, and six. Throw it all in. Um, do more than you ask because that will always speak of you. And it will speak well of you. And people will always be able to... People will always be able to refer back to that and say... They put, put your all in all the time. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's so much, so much. But stay humble, yeah. stay educated, hungry for knowledge, do extra, um, be extra. There's nobody on the other side of extra. Mm-hmm. So if you are owning that extra space, then roll with it. Mm-hmm. Do what you say you're going to do. 
do everything with icing and sprinkles on top. Literally, I mean it. I see so many black women who are trying to run businesses Mm -hmm. and they're just giving it half half ass efforts yeah and they're like well you asked me for red i'm like ah, you should have brought pink too like why do i need to tell you that you should you should have bring me you should bring me options and and that's how and i think that's how you get ahead Mm -hmm. especially in a very small world well the beauty industry is very small everybody knows each other yeah so everybody knows someone knows you yeah so um you want people to be able to speak of you what people say when you're not in the room is so important. And I pride myself on the fact that some of the stuff I've heard people say, so-and-so said this about you. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, that's nice. So yeah, it's, there's, there's so much. You, if you don't know, ask. I mean, I could sit here all day and give you advice. If you don't know, just just ask, just, just ask and don't assume, don't make Mm. assumptions. You will lose money by assuming. Don't assume. And I've been there. These are things I've done. So I know what I mean when I say ask. And you know, what's the worst that someone's going to say? No. Mm. I cannot tell you how much people just say no. People say no to me all the time. I'm just saying, you're not ready yet. That's all. Don't worry. I'll come back. It's cool. I'll come back. So there's so many things. And do not be negative. Mm. I cannot stress this enough. As a black woman Mm -hmm. trying to to run a business or trying to break into a space never turn around and say is it because it's because i'm black do not be negative like that just do not because i for me personally in my experience most people i come across most white people i come across they just don't know they just it's like they just don't they don't even they don't know so take it upon yourself to provide the education Mm -hmm. in a nice way Mm -hmm. explain Mm -hmm. and move on Mm -hmm just don't don't be negative like because i'm black or or take offense Mm -hmm. because feelings are not facts if you feel offended fine feel offended and watch the money go but if you put your feelings to one side and sometimes you you might not be able to do it in that moment but so that's when i don't reply to emails when you're angry yeah put your feeling to one side sift the fact from the feeling and then deal with the matter at hand. Do not try and be like, well, they said this and I felt like this. I don't care how you felt. No, the money doesn't, the bank doesn't care how you felt. The bank only cons- only cares about the money came in. So if you're busy being like, yeah, well, you know, they made me feel bad. They, I thought they were being racist. Okay, fine. Fine. Somebody else will move on and take mm. that spot. It's up to you. But one thing I always say is feelings will pass. They're not facts. How you felt today is not going to be how you felt tomorrow. Yeah. Simple as that. So, um, I mean, I can sit here all day. I watch a lot of, I watch a lot of black women coming up and for the most part, I sit on the sidelines. If you ask me for advice, I'm like, yeah, let's go out for coffee. Yeah. Oh, and another. Hey guys, editing Loriana is speaking. So whilst I was editing the podcast, I'd realized that the second little part of the podcast got deleted. I do not know how. I'm completely heartbroken because I know DJ was praying the realist, realist advice and that's gone. But I hope you guys enjoyed the podcast so far if you do have any other questions for her please i will leave all of her handles below her website below check her out and i hope you guys did enjoy um the first part of it thank you guys for listening and i will see you guys in the next 
episode. Bye.